0: Listening to the Currency. Welcome. I'm Mike Gaston. I am your host. Thanks for joining me, guys. It is Monday, December 20, 2021. As I record this, uh, a lovely morning here in, in, the, uh, in the beautiful south. Actually, it's kind of cold and overcast, but you know, I, you got to keep up appearances. Uh, this is episode number 110, 110 one, of the podcast. And uh, this is the episode before Christmas. So I just want to take a few minutes, not going to be a long episode. I want to just take a couple minutes and wish you all a Merry Christmas. I've been thinking a little bit about the season and uh, it's kind of different to be in a, a, a climate that, that is not Christmassy. Now, I don't mean to say the social climate, but the environmental climate of Charleston, South Carolina is not your quintessential Christmas climate. There's no snow on the ground. I was in shorts and a t-shirt yesterday after church. Uh, It's sunny. I mean, today is a little chilly and cold and wet, but I think we're looking at a a sunny day and supposedly 72, 73 degrees on Christmas. We're talking about going to the beach. Now, it does remind me of when we lived in Cape Town in South Africa. Because their Southern hemisphere, their seasons are opposite to those of us in the North. And so, as we're experiencing winter, they're experiencing summer, and so Christmas there was hot. It was heck, heck. It was hot. It was like really hot. And you know, you you, you cook out and do a bry, equivalent to a barbecue. Uh, but it was a summertime holiday, and uh, that that was really weird. At least here, I mean, it's not summertime. Yes, South Carolina, Charleston, warmer than Rochester where I left, but it's still winter. It's still relatively chilly it's not snowing and icy uh there are no reindeer uh and sleighs and all that kind of stuff not that we had reindeer in new york uh but but you know there's no snow on the ground there are some flowers blooming it's not like paradise here i'm not sitting here thinking boy the humidity is killing me there are 50 degree days for sure and you, and you feel it you know as a northerner we come down sometimes in the winter maybe go to florida or you know you go south uh, for a little vacation with your family and we'd always laugh because you know it would be like i don't know 60 65 degrees in the middle of january and we'd be walking around in shorts and t-shirts like this is paradise this is amazing but you would look around and the people from there all wearing like sweaters and hoodies and jeans you could tell they're cold you know and uh, it was just kind of funny when uh to, to see to see that, but it's amazing how quickly your body adapts to the temperatures. I mean, uh, it's going to be in in the mid fifties today and I'm, I'm cold this morning. I can feel it. And uh, so there's that, but you know, when you're looking at this culture, so culturally Christmas is big. I mean, our neighborhood and the streets around us, you know, everybody's got lights up. There are all kinds of Christmas decorations. People are excited about it. They're they're celebrating the season. They're excited about it. Uh, church service yesterday, very, very much about Christmas. But, but you don't have the snow. You don't have kind of the, the, the trappings, if you will. And so um, it's just different. But what, what I've been kind of reflecting on you know, and, in, in Christians and conservatives and, uh, you know, we love to go, Hey, it's the reason for the season. You know, we want to remind everybody what, what Christmas is all about. And, and I know that can be a little tedious. Uh, I think it's a good instinct though. And, and, and part of the reason for that is you go, Hey, Jesus is the reason for the season. People are like, yeah, no, I've heard that. Okay. Merry Christmas. Yeah. Okay. I think all the things like the gifts, the Santa Clauses, and the Christmas trees and all that kind of stuff. And I said Santa Claus's is on purpose. OK, <laughs> I didn't just have a stroke. Uh, all that stuff's fun. Like, I, I, you know, you go into a store, they're playing some carols in the background. You, you go to your favorite coffee shop to get your spiced, you know, latte or whatever, just because there's certain things about the season that just make you feel good. Uh, gift-giving and cold weather and all that stuff, like, that's fine. Like, I, I think those things are wonderful. I'm not one of these purists like, hey, that's all pagan. It's really, uh, you, you should only talk about and think about Jesus. I, I understand and I think it's good to have this kind of tradition to life where there are certain seasons, certain holidays or holy days where you're celebrating. I think celebration is important. And so I'm not... I'm not over here going, hey, all that other stuff is just bad. Now, look, we do have issues in our culture with materialism and consumerism and self-centeredness. And, and and there's an ugliness to us. But there's been an ugliness to the human race almost, almost from the beginning. And that ugliness is actually why this holiday is so important. This is one of two of the most important holy days in the Christian church. And, and this holy day is celebrating whether it's got the right date or not as immaterial. Some people are like, well, this isn't really the birth of Christ, but it's celebrating the birth of Christ. And you go, yeah, I know, I know, Mike, but, but what's so mind blowing, what's so earth shattering about this holy day is that this is the day that we celebrate Christmas, that, God, the creator of the universe, this transcendent, all knowing, all powerful, all present being that always was it just kind of defies our ability to get, you know, to get our mind around it. Reason became flesh in the form of Christ, that the son, the, the Holy Trinity, the son became flesh, that this God left his heavenly estate <clears throat> and I don't mean a state like, you know, like his mansion, although you could think of it that way. But he left his kind of natural place of being to become one of us. And that this happened 2000, over 2000 years ago in the Middle East. And it was a humble beginning. This wasn't someone born into great fanfare into a palace with servants and so on, as would be befitting of a God. But this was someone that was born into humble, uh, humble circumstances in a manger surrounded by animals while his parents were on the run. <laughs> well, they were on, the, not really on the run. They were, they're were on their way to be counted actually in the census. <clears throat> It's interesting to me, too, and I just want to juxtapose kind of this story of Christianity. We won't go through the birth of Christ in the story, but I want to juxtapose that against maybe a more modern phenomenon. So we have stories about gods and the fantastic that we enjoy now. If you look at our culture now you've got the, the the marvel universe you know the avengers and all these different characters you've got the dc universe and all their characters you've got dune you have all these stories uh you have television franchise like star trek you have movie franchises like star wars you have the lord of the rings you have all these different worlds that have been created that that we go nuts for now for a lot of us these things are just entertainment I'm not really into it. I just watched the movie. And it's kind of fun. You know, I, I'd never read Dune before, but wow, that movie that was like really well done. I mean, I, I don't know the whole story, but it's pretty cool. But, but for a really big segment of our population, I'm not talking about just a couple little nerds. I mean, this is, this is just something that's kind of blown up, but like there are people all throughout our society, and we may be, you know, we're part of this, that are all in on this stuff. And on a certain level, they know it's fiction, but they're, we're all in on it. We know all the characters. We've read all the books. We've watched all the movies. We know all the backstories. You know, we, we collect things around them. The Mandalorian, you know, we collect things. I mean, these things are they're fantastic. These characters often have superpowers. Uh, the technology is beyond our comprehension. They can do things that we don't understand. I think about like, uh, like just the whole Aliens franchise. And um, it, it, it's just so fantastic. It's so otherworldly. And that's fine. I I don't have a problem with that. But we throw ourselves into these things as if they were real. We give ourselves to them as if they were real. Now, a lot of you listening are like, Mike, I'm not into that kind of stuff. I don't like sci-fi. I don't like fantasy. Uh, And that's fine. I'm not saying this isn't meant to be an indictment. And if you are one of these folks that are into it, I'm not trying to criticize that. I'm just trying to draw out the fact that there are these things that are fantastic, that, are, that they are fantasies, Game of Thrones. And, you know, I just, I'm just going to keep listing them as I'm thinking as we talk. I mean, this list just goes on and on, but we give ourselves to them as if they were real. Almost a form of worship. We're worshiping these things on a certain level. We're, we're giving ourselves to them. We're setting ourselves apart unto these things. I'm using kind of King James language here. When you set yourself, when you set yourself apart unto something, you are essentially you are essentially making yourself holy unto them. When you when you know when people say the holiness movement or God says, "Thou shalt be holy because I am holy," what holiness means is that you are setting yourself apart. When someone is a holy person, they're saying, "I'm setting," uh, they say they're trying to set themselves apart to that deity. They're trying to live their lives full of piety, that their life is dedicated to whatever deity that that, that they serve. And so the things that they do, the decisions that they make, the behaviors, and so on are all oriented around the deity. This goes beyond Christianity. The Romans talked about piety. The Greeks talked about piety. This holiness, the setting oneself apart. This is a thing, Islam, Christianity, and so on. We behave in the modern world like a lot of these fantastic things, like a boy that was bit by a radioactive spider. We behave, that's Spider-Man, for those that don't know, as if that were real. And and there are a lot of us that are all in. They're just into it. And that's not just for young teenagers. They're the, Those of us as adults, We we carry on through our lives acting. And we know, like if you ask... Somebody that's really into say Star Wars. If you ask that person, go, no, I know it's not real, but I am all about Star Wars. I know a guy, he may be listening, and if he is, brother, I love you. I'm not even gonna say his first name, but I know a guy, he's totally into Star Wars. This is a great guy. He's creative, he's smart, he's a small business owner, he's he's successful. I mean, this is a good man. He's totally into Star Wars to the point where he's named his company after an aspect of the star Wars narrative. I'm not going to even talk about what it is. I I don't want to, I'm not trying to like out anybody here. This is a man in his late forties, if not early fifties. This is, this is a successful guy, good marriage, successful children, like business with employees. That's how much he's into star Wars. He's named his company after it. And like you go into the office and it's just everywhere. So so this, you know, you could go, well, yeah, some of these dirty nerds, you know, but they're not really functioning members of society. No, I mean, so this guy, and I don't, I, I'm not, I know that he doesn't think it's real. I know he doesn't. He just loves it. He just loves it. But there's an aspect of worship, I think, that we inadvertently are taking part of. And so a lot of, so, so the funny, kind of the funny thing around all this is, and the reason I want to juxtapose this against the, 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 the doctrine that Christ is the embodiment of God, that God became man, that he took on flesh and became fully human. And that in Jesus, you have a fully human and fully God entity. He was fully God. He is fully God. And he is fully human. But what I want, the reason I want to juxtapose is there's an, there's an aspect of worship. We will say, yeah, I know it's fiction, but often... We as a society, these individuals, I'm not trying to pick on anybody. I'm just saying we're just talking about us here, kids, okay? Uh, just because I'm making eye contact with you doesn't mean I'm accusing you of anything. <laughs> we are so quick to poo poo the story of Jesus. We find it boring. We, we poo poo it. We go, oh, that. Like some people even argue that Christ was a myth, although almost every scholar agrees that he was a historical person. Uh, you know there are multiple accounts of Christ. Now, now you go. Well, the, the only accounts are really in the Bible. Uh, the, the fact is, the Bible wasn't written as one book. I mean, these are multiple accounts by multiple different eyewitness authors that lived at the same time that they either walked with him, knew him, or knew of him. These are people from his time recording historical aspects of his life and narrative and story those were collected into scripture. Now, some of them didn't make it in. There are other accounts that just were, those are apocryphal. Those weren't inspired by the Holy Spirit. But the Bible is a collection of books authored by many different authors over thousands of years. It wasn't written as one book. These are all these separate books that were now collected together. So you have multiple historical uh, accounts of Christ, especially in the synoptic gospels. But almost every scholar uh, agrees that Jesus was a real person, but we look at this idea that Jesus was God. He was a God man, the God man, uh, sent from God, from 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 the transcendent reality outside of the material world, sent into the material world to rescue mankind and rescue the cosmos. I mean, this is a grand story, this narrative, and we don't even like Christians don't even understand it. I often think. We're so self-centered in our culture. It's like, this is about me. It's Jesus loves me and Jesus saves me. It's like, there's Jesus, the happy doorman on my way into heaven. I'll pat him on the head and give him a, give him a dollar, a, a little tip. Well, thank you there, little Jesus. Appreciate you saving me. Here I go into my mansion. <laughs> like, like we've made it such a consumeristic self you know, self-centered story. That's all about us. Yes. But the scripture says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. You've all heard John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And we go the world. Well, that must mean all of us. The word that's used in that is cosmos, the Greek word cosmos. And the cosmos is, is everything it's beyond carl sagan's universe it's not just the scientific universe the cosmos is the visible and invisible everything for god so loved the cosmos that he gave his only begotten son because the the cosmos fell into sin and death through mankind So Christ comes into mankind to become one of us so he can become the perfect sacrifice. So as we celebrate Christmas, we are celebrating the entrance of God into human history so that we can be saved, so that the cosmos can be restored to what it was intended to be. God has entered the chat. That's Christmas. And what's interesting the way that we live our life now we're very much into the fantasy the fantastic the unbelievable the superheroes the game of thrones all that kind of stuff like we're so into it to the point that we that we act like to an outsider that doesn't have cultural context if they looked at our behavior if they looked at the fact that we have you know, collectibles all over our house and posters and artwork and we watch it on our television and our screensavers and our wallpapers and our, and our audio chimes and everything is related in one way or another that we even have clothing. We dress up and we go to giant conventions with thousands of people also dressed up as these characters. They would look and say, these people are worshiping their gods. How could you avoid making that Connection, if you're looking without the framework, just looking into our culture and looking at how we behave as a people. I'm not saying that everybody's into Game of Thrones, everybody's a nerd, et cetera, but like we have become nerd culture. That is mainstream. That's not fringe culture anymore. It's mainstream. And we go crazy for this stuff. And that's, I'm not even here criticizing that. I'm just trying to contrast. The things that we admit and agree to that are fantastic, they're fantasy, that we go crazy for and behave as if, and I would argue we actually are worshiping them. And yet when you look at this amazing, fantastic, hard-to-believe story that, that that the creator of the cosmos became flesh, became instantiated in this world as a human being, as a baby named Jesus that he walked among men and women and children for 30 plus years before he was crucified and that he then picked his life back up again after being killed unjustly conquering sin and death. We look at that and we're like, that's a fairy tale. That's stupid. I have one thing to say about all that, which is, Look at the effect that this story, this supposed fairy tale, has had on the world that you and I live in. I don't care what postmoderns say, I don't care what critical theorists say, I don't care what anybody says about Western culture or whatever. You cannot deny the impact that Christianity has had on the world. For thousands of years, the story of this baby, the reality of this baby, of man becoming flesh, has changed the world to such a degree. And I go back to my comments. Yes, uh, last podcast about ideas and the power of ideas. We're so saturated in it, we don't even appreciate or understand how Christianity has affected our world. This little baby being born, restoring the cosmos back to God, to, to his lordship, I, like even on a mundane level, like it, it's given us hospitals. It's given us universities. I mean, they're, they're, like that, I can, I can go on and on. We're not going to unpack that today. And I know there's a whole movement out there to say, yes, it's, it's us ways we don't even understand the hate, the racism. The, the the right wing, you know, all this stuff is terrible because of Christianity. That's just a lie. I'm sorry. It's just a lie. This romanticizing the pagan world, romanticizing the pre-Christian world, it was not a good world for women. It was not a good world. I mean, you were a minority. It was not a good world. It was a world that was based on power. There was no harmony. These weren't the happy, beautiful natives living in harmony with nature. <laughs> That's 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 a fairy tale. That's a myth. So all that to say, Uncle Mike wishes you a Merry Christmas. And as you go through this holiday and you enjoy the music and you enjoy the sceneries of snow and lights and the manger scenes and the Santa Clauses and the trees and the gifts and the time with people that you care about and love As you go through all that, take a moment and reflect on the meaning for the season. Reflect on the fact that God became flesh. There's this there is this fantastic cosmological narrative that launches, that becomes it, it, it shifts into high gear the moment that Jesus enters the scene. What does that mean? And so as we go into Christmas, yeah, spend some time thinking about But I guess my challenge for you really is explore that if you haven't already. And even if you're a Christian, like slow, slow your roll a little bit. Like, yeah, I know I'm a Christian. I already got it. Nah, I don't know that we, I don't know that any of us really understand what this means. I'm not saying you don't know it. Don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not like, if well, I'm over here. I get it, but I don't think you get it. I'm just saying, how could you grasp it? So I'm asking believers, non-believers, anyone within the sound of my voice (laughs) to take time and reflect on what is this Christian story all about and what could it mean for mankind and what does it mean? And if you're struggling saying this is a fairy tale, this is ridiculous, well, like I said, just look at how we behave right now. I'm not asking you to be a fanatic today. I'm just saying... Golly, we throw ourselves into so many ridiculous things, unabashedly so. Spend some time and think about this, this Jesus. Guys, Merry Christmas. I wish you all the best. I I wish and I pray that the peace of Christ would bless you and your household, those you love, this Christmas season and beyond. I love each and every one of you. Thank you for listening. And I look forward to talking to you in the next episode.